Tara, did you hear yourself? She said, I have three times that you said, I recorded three times that you said, I have to be strong. I have to be strong in this scenario. I have to be strong in this scenario. I have to be strong in this scenario. And as soon as she said it and reflected it back, I'm like, that felt like truth. Wasn't processed. I just felt the truth. I felt the weight of that. We all have fearful thoughts that limit our lives and we make decisions accordingly. How much better would life be if we exchange those fears for perfect love and truth? Just saying this feels freeing. Welcome to the Abundantly Me podcast with Tara Olette. She's a life coach, speaker, teacher, and writer. It has been so cool to witness how aware Tara is to God's love as she flips the script of fear, inspiring us to live abundantly. And this is my dear friend, Laura Fonseca, who is the producer of this life-giving podcast. I'm delighted to share space with her as she joyfully depends on God's voice and the written word to love others well within the mysteries of life. Okay, ready to flip the script? Oh, it's time. Let's go. Hi. Hey. Welcome back, listeners. Oh, y'all, welcome back. This is going to be an episode of refreshment. Yes, we are in a much different <laughs> yes. place today than we were this time last week. Yeah. Last week, Tara, you mm-hmm. shared very vulnerably from the middle of a struggle, and this week... You're walking in God's glory. Feels so good. So awesome. In fact, God was so good to you this past week. We decided to extend last week's episode Mm -hmm. and make this a part two. Yeah. Right. We, we have to talk about his goodness. We have to as talk well about as well as my dark moment. <laughs> and I want the listeners to witness and experience the script flipping mm. love of Jesus that you did come this on, past week. Come so, on. Right. Yes. But before we get into that, okay. I owe you a report yes, you from do. last week's Wheel of Fear. I am invested. So, so I want to hear the outcome. Awesome. <laughs> if you are new listeners, uh, the Wheel of Fear is just um, a list of fears that Tara yeah. and I have. And at the end of the episode, we. Rochambeau to see who has to spin their wheel. Okay, I've never heard you say Rochambeau. List. No. What is that? That's what it's called. Rock, paper, scissors. What are you teaching me right now? No. Rochambeau? That's... <laughs> Listeners, Lord. correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's oh. the technical name for Rock, Get paper, out. I feel so excited to learn something new. I've <laughs> never, ever called it that. So How has that never come out either? And I don't know. Interesting. All right. I'm going to say Rochambeau from now on. Okay. Well. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, I'm late to the game, which is not unusual. So at the end, we will... <laughs> I'll remind Tara what it is, and then we're going to re- Rochambeau to see who spins their wheel, and then whoever loses has to spin the wheel. It lands on a fear or a limiting mm-hmm. belief, and then we push into it during the week, and then we report out the following week. So last week, my slice... Mm-hmm. of the wheel landed on I needed to um, contact uh, this resort in Canada that um, I was supposed to spend my 40th birthday there um, which was almost three years ago and Good it got canceled 2020. because of COVID and it was a non-refundable deposit and they held my deposit for me and I tried to reschedule some things didn't work out so it's been like a year since I've even contacted them and they're just holding that deposit So I needed to contact them to see if I could still use that deposit. And um, I was afraid of that because I'm a little bit afraid of confrontation. I just don't like it. It makes me super Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. So instead, I just avoided it for the last year. (laughs) So thank you, Will of Fear, for letting me get things done that are on my to-do list. That's right. So I did. I emailed um, 
the owner and I got a response back and they were very nice. And your email though was very kind and direct. Yes, I was. I didn't ask so much if I could use my deposit still. I just gave some dates and said I'd like to yes. use my deposit to um Assertiveness. To book That's called assertiveness. So I love it. I'm learning and growing. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, so yeah. So she already emailed me back too with some, you know, possible dates of this summer, which I think will be too soon. Mm. But um, at least the ball is rolling. That's really great. So I'm so happy. Isn't it so weird when we actually get through the fear? I know. It's so like silly. what in the world? It's silly, but I have we have that trip to look forward to because you're one of the lovely ladies. Yes, I am uh, financially invested (laughs) and excited. Yet it was also a really great um, like exercise for me to say it was worth. You know, if I lost the money, it was still worth the gamble, Mm -hmm. if you will. There would have been a time in my life I would have been like, um, Laura, (laughs) what's happening with the deposit? And it didn't even bother me at all. It was such a great act, like sweet. sense of freedom. You're sweet. All of my yeah. friends have been super sweet about it, especially because it was COVID. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, I want us all to be able to experience this yeah. amazing trip that we had planned. So it's great. I'm so excited. Thank you, Will of Fear. Thank you for including me, and thank you for pressing into it because we get to go to Canada. <laughs> I can't wait for the report out on how that trip goes. <laughs> So listeners, if you haven't listened to last week's episode 23, I encourage you to go back and listen. Tara, you graciously shared with us in the middle of a struggle you were working through. Mm -hmm. You were triggered on a Monday or like last Monday. Um, And by triggering, I just mean you had a disproportionate reaction to a circumstance. Yes. Correct. Um, so you acknowledge those feelings and process through them with God, your husband, and then you and I were able to talk about it too. <laughs> yes, you poor coworker. <laughs> and then you even reached out to your own coach. Yes, I knew I needed another level of support. Yeah. yeah. So you sat in that tension all week mm-hmm. um, and yeah. you continued to work through it until you had a breakthrough on Friday. Thank goodness and Friday now, came along. Right. Yeah. And now you're sitting in God's glory on the other so side of it. magnificent. <laughs> Amen. It's really magnificent. So I just wanted to go back for a second to the point that you sought out your own coach. So yeah. you have a coach that you're able to, yes. you know, call upon. When, coaches should when have their own it. coaches. Counselors should have their own counselors. I, I love that. And I think that mm. makes so much sense to me. I mean, I love, I think any, all of us at one point in time need someone with no strings attached. Um, that's what friends are great. Spouses are great. BFFs. Community is great. Of course, going to God in our quiet time. Right. All that is incredibly necessary. Um, but yeah, we need... It's important to have... Yeah. No strings attached. No agenda. So great. A, a coach is someone... is That's what I get to be for people. And it just gets to be somebody who is um, just a pure listener and then can ask just really poignant, thoughtful questions mm-hmm. to help provoke more of what might be going on below the surface. Right. And it's amazing. It feels so good. I mean, that's what you do for that's people. That's what I do. And I love being a recipient of yeah, it. Yeah. I'm so glad that you have someone that can Me do too. that for you. Yeah. Um, would you be able to share maybe any of the little nuggets yeah. that you got from your coach or anything that benefited, benefited? Yeah, I'll share. I'll share two outcomes that I think are worthy for this episode. So when I talked with the coach, 
she and I have coached before and she has record of things we've talked about in the past, but it's been a while. So I just kind of let her know what the perfect storm was. And I shared a variety of circumstances. And then I shared, okay, and here's the one that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Here's Mm -hmm. the one that like (laughs) upset the apple cart. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just have to just, just share all of this. And she listened and uh, she said, Tara, do you, did, did you hear yourself? Um, uh, she said, I have three times that you said, I recorded three times that you said, I have to be strong. I have to be strong in this scenario. I have to be strong in this scenario. I have to be strong in this scenario. And as soon as she said it and reflected it back, I'm like, that felt like truth. It wasn't processed. I just felt the truth. I felt the weight of that. And then what a good coach does is asks like more follow-up clarity questions to go back to God. She doesn't give me advice. Mm -hmm. She doesn't, you know, it's like, let's go back to what God may want you to know about that. So, you know, I just spent some time receiving, uh, took some notes and it was incredibly helpful for me just to realize that she drew attention to the fact that, I was doing things in my own strength. Now, she also was intelligent enough to know like, but you are the person in these scenarios that does show up and respond accordingly. Mm -hmm. And you're very capable of responding accordingly. You have a high level of self-awareness and intentionality in your life. And yep, you're the one that does show up. But there's the cognitive dissonance on one hand, which just means like another way of saying that is on one hand, I am strong. Um in a, I can respond. I can respond in all these scenarios and I can be strong in those responses Mm -hmm. and not collapse. On the other hand, in our Christian walk as Christ followers, we are actually not strong in our own being. It's in relationship with Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so she helped me to bridge or to even see why is there a gap? I didn't even know there was a gap. I didn't know until she reflected the language back to me because she and I both know, and you know too, I'm sure now, that our language is like our thoughts and our feelings are Mm -hmm. attached. And if we spend enough time in our feelings and our thoughts, they're attached to our beliefs. And our beliefs, we don't have language for what's deep, 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 subconscious below the surface. We don't put language to that. But that's where we function from. That's from our heart from which all things flow. Mm. So she helped me to open up my perspective, get past the the easy accessible language of thoughts and feelings and say what is deeper than that? What's let's get to the root. Yeah. So that in and of itself was like, okay, now I have even more to process in my one-on-one time. I got some more out of it, but for for this episode, I won't share everything because there's so much more awesome revelation. So that in of itself was super helpful. That's awesome. So coaches can help people work through their blind spots, right? Like they can help you find your blind spots. Because we don't know it's a blind spot. We, all of us have them. And then we just show up in life with our blind spots Mm -hmm. all over the place. And when we are more self-aware and intentional, which can happen in our quiet time every single morning, right? I get blind spots exposed For sure. often. Like, oh, I didn't know I was da da da. But with a coach, 
with another person holding space to listen to the language, Mm -hmm. we have only certain capabilities on our own to be in community, to be with another, what you and I were processing, what my husband was processing. You guys were speaking truth. You guys were flipping the script with me and on my behalf. But that was still in my mind level. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't able to penetrate to a belief level. I could tell it was. I was stuck. So a coach, like an expert at like that's what one mm-hmm. does for a living, really has a gift, a specialized gift to be able to hold space that way, mm-hmm. and then not only recognize the blind spot, but to actually heal why yeah. it was even there to begin with. So it was awesome. Awesome. I love coaching and I love being coached. Very (laughs) cool. So great. Um, Yeah, it's really beautiful. So you shared with me a little technique that she she had shared, your coach had shared with you. So if you could share that with the listeners, because I really, I love that. Did you like it? It was beneficial to everyone. Yeah. So a part of the session, because she was agreeing with me, yeah, that's a lot. You have a Mm -hmm. lot on your plate. And some of those things have been there a long time and we don't know when they're going to lift. And so when I realized I was, it was in my own strength, unbeknownst to me, and it was becoming a burden, unbeknownst to me, I didn't have the language for that. She said, hey, I have a strategy. She said, it's a super simple strategy. um, And it's what is called like future tripping. So when we are dealing with one big thing or a bunch of little things, it doesn't even matter, Mm -hmm. but we take one of those um, things that are stressing us out or we're carrying a burden And I mean, the Bible, all throughout the Bible is do not fear. You know, do not worry about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We're going to take care. The Holy Spirit is present in the here and the now. So a good coach will hear when we're, or even a friend, you know, if we're really listening, it's like, okay, you're jumping into the future. You're jumping ahead. You're time traveling. We don't belong traveling in the past or Mm -hmm. traveling in the future. There's nothing but worry and fear and um, not nothing, but if we're carrying a burden, it's not serving us well. And so trying to help us stay in the present moment. So she said, take a take a big, like a regular sheet of paper and go ahead and future trip. Just go ahead and write all the things, even if it's good, like you're dreaming about something you're excited for. Because one of the one of the mm, things that I was maybe taking on as a burden is I've got a book that's unpublished. It's just mm-hmm. sitting there and it's kind of causing some anxiety, you know, where I'm going in the coaching and the teaching and I've got some things that are um, like potential jobs and different things. I'm like, come on, God, can you land the plane? Plus a lot of other things in that one week, particularly, and then the straw that broke the camel's back. So she said, just take any one of those. And I just chose an easier one, like the book and um, my manuscript. And she's like, all right, what are all the thoughts and feelings and dreams and hopes and wishes? What 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 has God told you about the book? Um, what have other people told you about the book? They're excited about it, which is great. But then it's like some angst because it's not, is the book done? Is the book done? Where's the book? And she says, go ahead and write all that out. It could be pictures. It could be words. Just fill the page if you want. When you have everything out, you've just dumped it out. You've emptied out. Now with the picture side up, fold it in half, fold it in half again, Fold it in half again, fold it in half again. As y'all know, listeners, the paper's getting smaller and the square and the rectangular shape is getting smaller and smaller until you can't fold the piece of paper anymore. She goes, that's it. That's where you belong. That's where it is. That's where the presence of the Holy Spirit is. That's where peace is. That's where the answer, that's where you're going to get power and wisdom. And So then, the words are on the outside of the paper yep. and you're just looking at one, one little thing at a time. 
one part of the picture mm-hmm. at a time. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I was given permission to get it all out, yeah. empty it all out, put it all out there. Now, let that go. You and I will say like, let's hold that loosely. Mm-hmm. And the way of doing that by this picture folding representation is one unfolding at a time. One unfolding, be present. And what if maybe one of the foldings was like exposed something that's like, oh, okay, we can handle that. Mm-hmm. You and me and the Lord, right? Type of thing. Like the Trinity and me, <laughs> we can handle that part of the picture. This is all we know. All we know is what's right here in front of us. Now, unfold the next part. One unfolding at a time. It was just beautiful. It was something so peaceful. And I know this to be true, but I just needed to hear it. And she had this neat little tool. And I like ran out of my office and I shared with my teen (laughs) boys and my son who's going into the um, police academy in a year or so, and I just showed it to him and, you know, just, I'm like, isn't this an amazing representation of what we get to do in our faith? And then, and then say, now I'm surrendering it back to you, God. Mm. It just felt so good. So did you put on that paper, Mm -hmm. not just the dreams and like the good things, but anxieties too? I did. I did. I just, I just let her, yeah, we just. All the thoughts you had on that subject, you just. I and I've that. done different things like that in my coaching sessions. I love the picture representation. Sometimes we need that concrete, something mm-hmm. to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I loved about it is it allowed me just to put it all out there. And um, yeah, just That's... whatever came up. Oh, I know what I was going to say is like, don't judge and evaluate. Sometimes just just being us, we can judge and evaluate our thoughts yeah. and we can like, oh, we're not supposed to think like that. Or, oh, I'm not supposed mm. to future trip or, oh, don't think, don't do that. And it's like, that's not what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to empty it out and give yeah. it all to him. And that's what I did all week. And and um, there's a sense of community and communion in I can share all the good, the bad, everything in between. Yeah, yeah that's a good, that's a really good question. That's it good. felt great. Yeah. Can't wait to try that one. I know. Because sometimes I find myself too holding on to ideas or thoughts mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, I don't want to, like yes. part of me thinks I can't let it go because I can't forget that I need to worry about that. Yeah, that's even good. If even if I'm like, oh, I don't have time to worry about that now. I don't want to fully let that thought go because I know I need to come back and worry about it. And it occupies space in our <laughs> brain. Ocu- yeah, right? I would just love to get it all down, yeah. all those thoughts. And if people are like color and and picture representation then do it pictorially right do symbols and imagery that's where when i'm coaching with people um the greatest healing and like listening prayer to that leads to healing is when we just allow the free flow of thoughts and we don't evaluate we don't judge we just like it all is welcome Mm -hmm. and in this situation it's all welcome on the page so if I want to paint it, if I want to draw it, if I want to color it, if I want to just use a piece, you know, a pencil, and right. if I just, if I actually want to write a letter to myself and I want it to all be words, you know, people who are more into that, that structure, right? it's so freeing. It felt, it felt great. And I didn't even really do it to its full. And I didn't do it with five other things that I right. was overwhelmed by. I was just blessed by the one emptying uh-huh. out. It felt so good. Oh, thanks for yeah. sharing that. That's the power of coaching, y'all. <laughs> good stuff. All right. We're all benefiting from Kara's coaching session. It's oh, good. So I know you also, during the week, as you were just kind of sitting in it and holding that tension mm-hmm. of like working through these things with Jesus, Yeah. 
God was even showing you things through other people's struggles. Yeah, he was talking totally. Like through other people's struggles. So can you mm-hmm. share an example of one of those downloads that you got from someone else's struggle? Yeah. So it was towards the end of the week and a, an acquaintance of mine um, uh, just had asked for a prayer request. And that in and of itself, y'all, was amazing. Was I won't get into deal. that, but right. I really loved because we have different faith backgrounds and he trusts God just enough to ask me to pray. I love it, but I'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. So I came in the office. I wrote a sticky note down because I really wanted to honor. This was extra, extra, extra special. So I'm writing the sticky note down and I asked him for details. And and as I'm writing his, you know, the people's names of the loved ones that he was concerned for, there was a loved one that may have been a little delayed on getting to the doctors so badly that ended up being an ER, an emergency experience, had to go into the ER ended up being um, just super scary regarding, you know, obviously his health. And then he was transferred to a specialized floor um, to get specialized care. And so he was just sharing these details with me. And I mean, it was nearly the audible voice of God saying, this is the kingdom of God, Tara. What you're writing down as far as how a hospital functions and cares for the sick to bring them to healing, this is the kingdom of God. This is what you're doing with me, Tara, this week. You are like in an ER type scenario. There is an emergency. Is it an emer- is it an emergency to somebody else? No. Nope. Mm-hmm. But to you, this trigger, and that's important. The, the term trigger means like, oh, I recognize that this is a, a disproportionate, if that's yeah. the right word, disproportionate, but it is like way exaggerated yeah. from the truth of the circumstance. I knew that with my mind. That's cognitive dissonance though. I knew it on one hand, but on the other hand, my body and my feelings and my thoughts were like all over the place, Mm. which again was showing me something in my beliefs, a blind spot, like there's something. So I kept pressing in, but it was like an ER type of a thing. And he goes, you trust the kingdom of God. You trust me, Tara. You trust the house of God and what I have for you that I am going to care for you. And I, it was just, it was probably a quick download, but me trying to put language to what God was sharing with me, it was just so mm. comforting and so precious. Like you're, you're okay. You're going to be okay. But, and I'm not judging you for having this overwhelming response to something that's really not that big of a deal to maybe the reality of things. And he just said, but I'm here to care for you. And, and then there's this specialized space, which was probably like coaching. I have, I have another opportunity for you to heal, to go to somebody who can give you some specialized care. And um, yeah, so the house of God is a place of healing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is what you're doing. And I'm, I stayed in it long enough to get to the point of healing and like a revelation at a heart level. Mm -hmm. And that's what this prayer request was for is ultimately, even though he was rushed to the ER and this person's loved one went to specialized floor for specialized care for the heart. And then, you know, will only be released when is, you know, able to kind of function back on his Mm -hmm. own. Uh, So I just loved the correlation. It's a beautiful image. Isn't it a beautiful image? It is. And it's so interesting, too, how triggers, if we take the time mm-hmm. to press into them. That's right. I mean, there's so much to learn from them. There is so much healing that can be done from them. Yes. There's, like, they're just these little... 
It's real deep. Yeah. It's like it, it takes time to uncover. But what happens is either on one end, we don't go to the doctors. We don't go mm-hmm. to the to the comforting you know, space within, I want to say the lap of Jesus, but that sounds kind of cut, cut, cut. Often what happens is either we don't go to Jesus because like, oh, I feel a little bit, I feel a little sickness. I feel, and like, let's, I'll tie this into mental health for a minute. We're talking about mental health and we can have an illness of the mind. So if we're spending time with Jesus like abiding throughout the day, that keeps our mind healthy. If we have that once a day check-in, just scanning, how am I doing? How are you doing, Jesus? What do you want me to know? Oh, you just really reveal a little blind spot. Oh, I would, thank goodness I'm, I spend daily with you. I, I do wellness checks every day. You and I do it in the morning. It's like, oh, that feels so good. So it mitigates what might come up. Um, and then there are those moments that we get ill, I mean, we don't know why, but we get ill. Our mind gets ill. Mm. And once our, what at one point is our mental health, all of a sudden is ill. And we want to go to the doctor. We want to do something about it, treat it accordingly. And if we delay on that, it gets worse. And it no longer is in a short-term acute illness. Mm. It It's a longer term and it can lead to ongoing anxiety and depression and other things. And so this prayer request was, an, uh, it was a little bit of like um, an aha moment of like, what happens when people do not take care of their mm. health, mm-hmm. physical health? Like there's these signs. They don't pay attention to the warning signs. Tons of warning signs. Or they just put it out of their mind. Yeah. What we can do is we can ignore it. We can numb out. We can you know, like, um, and I could tell I wanted to do that. I could tell, like, I wanted to just work. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to work my way through yeah. it. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go on a run. Oh, I'm going to get a group of girls together. Let's just go have fun. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go, I'll watch Netflix and kind of, so there's so many different things that we can do that will take us off course from the healing, the mm-hmm. deep, deep level of healing. Um, so, you know, it's like either we completely avoid it or we numb out and don't stay and press into it. And, um, and that's kind of where we can tie this in to mental health and those acute mental illness symptoms and how we can care for it and how at a spiritual level, cause that's really what this is about is at a, the greatest way to care for our mental health is to care for our heart health through an ongoing like spiritual journey because we're spiritual beings. Mm. So the greatest way for us to care for our mental health is to first and foremost be aware and alive and active to the spiritual journey that we're on. So that's a little side note, but mm, that person's good. prayer request, the Lord just gave me an immediate download that was so precious to receive. Ugh, that's so good. It was a big week. It was a long week. Yeah, seriously. Okay, so... <laughs> You're going through that. That's midweek. And Gosh, after yeah. talking with your coach and um, spending so much time with Jesus, mm-hmm. working through this, I know that you were still kind of waiting for like an aha moment. You had right. had clarity and you did feel like some relief, but yeah. you hadn't hit that aha moment. So you were still pushing into it. Um, but I know on Friday, you did kind of have a breakthrough. I did. It was so awesome. So like what, what was the breakthrough? What was... Yeah. So I was kept... It? I took... And I journaled a lot. I mean, pages and pages and pages and pages. I journaled a lot. 
I got the downloads. You and Ryan were very helpful because we happened to work together on Monday and Tuesday, and that was the heat of it, yeah. which is why we ended up having the episode we had last uh, episode twenty three uh, last week. And um, but I I took all the nuggets, all the downloads directly from God or from you guys or from my coach, and I'm like, okay, I'm receiving it. I'm getting clarity. It's at a mind level. But I'm like, I'm not getting that aha moment. I'm not, it's not a deeper level that of like. Transformative. Yeah. Like I knew I wasn't there yet. Again, I do have the privilege of doing this for a living. So I could really tell, like right. if you just stay in there a little longer, if you stay in there a little longer, if you press into this, stay in the darkness a little longer. And it was almost like God in the hospital analogy was like, just one more day. We just want to make sure you're good and you're cleared mm-hmm. to go. That's what it felt like. Um, and I, it did probably even maybe a better analogy is I may have been released from the hospital. It may not have been, a, that's probably better. It wasn't even that it was that intense anymore, but stay in physical therapy, mm-hmm. stay in that like wraparound service after right. it really was yeah. outpatient care, <laughs> a little outpatient care. Like don't, don't jump back into normal. There's something else as I'm strengthening you because he always uses everything for good. And I think that's what I was ultimately like, okay, what's the good? Like what, and that would come from a transformative heart level, belief level that I was waiting for that revelation, not more mental information. Mm-hmm. Um, not like, oh, that's a really neat exercise. Oh, I really like that. It was like, yeah, but what do you, what is deeper? Mm-hmm. So that's what happened on Friday. It was so amazing. Um, And so I just took that language specifically about in my own strength. And um, I just said, okay, I processed with the coach, but now just you and me, me and you, tell me more. And what he shared with me, um, and I don't think I shared this, tell me if I did, but what he shared with me, and this is a big part of the healing journey, and this happens in coaching a lot, is, all right, what's the trigger? And what, um, what is that, like name the thoughts, the feelings, the lies, the limiting beliefs, like what is it that you are holding onto? What's the burden? Just, it's almost like we want to name it and identify it enough so that if we were holding it in our hand, like what is it? And then I had the coach's language of, I am doing things in my own strength. Like, how did I get here? What is this? Um, and when this is a key question and listeners, this is what I want you to listen to this because this is not only for healing, but it also helps to identify us more in the truth because I was functioning from a place of a false sense of self. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. So what I take you through, what God took me through, because I understand this process, I, I want you to take note on this and come back and listen to this section if you have to. But when we deal with a negative emotion, it's an awesome divine invitation to ask where this, where else have I felt this before? And I, I'm, because I was journaling and pressing into it, this is day five from mm-hmm. Monday to Friday, and I had a lot more language around it. And so I said, okay, well, the earliest memory of when I felt this way, and the memory that came up is when my dad, whom he's doing the best he can, but back to episode 23 before, 
I haven't had a relationship with him for 15 years. So I'm not surprised that a memory with my dad came up again. I've been here before, listener. I've been here before with an early memory with my dad. And the memory was when we've had high and low moments together. We've had some really great memories and there's been a lot of traumatic or little t trauma memories. That's just another way of saying it's dependent upon me and my being if it feels like a low little trauma or a big trauma or just a kind of a you know a, a, a kind of a minor memory but i do remember a lot of really good memories but anyway to bring you back i'm asking god i'm taking all the weeks worth of information and i'm like okay let's talk about this when is the earliest memory that i have where i felt the way i'm feeling today as an adult woman And he brought me back to, and I just trusted whatever memory. I don't evaluate it, don't judge it, don't overthink it. And the first memory that came up was when I, my dad convinced me. Now, remember, this is just like my memory. Mm -hmm. I'm not competing. I'm not comparing notes with someone else to say, hey, dad, is this the memory you had too? It doesn't matter. It's my memory. It's how my body carries on this, this past thought. So it was when I was in college and my dad, it felt like he convinced me to come down and see him because Mm -hmm. we've had a turbulent relationship. And he's like, enjoy spring break. You're working hard in college. Come take a break. And I'm like, is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing? And uh, he bought me a ticket. And um, for spring break that college year, I went and visited him. And I got off the airplane and, you know, okay, long story short, he forgot me. forgot me at the airport. And so this was the day there was no cell phones. I had to call collect. I don't did I even remember his number, his parents, my grandparents number. I couldn't get a hold of him and I was alone. Now, I've been in this memory before. I had asked or one of the like 3 or 4 years ago with a group of um, our community around here, we were doing a small group and I remember the this memory. Mm-hmm. This is where we can hijack what God's trying to do. Cause I'm like, I've already done this. I've already done this healing work. <laughs> and he's like, stay here with me, follow me. So I just returned back to the memory. And cause I remember already going through some healing and I was alone and I did the work of, okay, well, where is Jesus in this memory? And again, three or four years ago, I found Jesus. He was right there in the airport with me. I remembered staying calm and just trying to problem solve me and Jesus. I wasn't actually alone. My natural self was alone, but spiritually, mm-hmm. we just try to find in that pain point memory, where's Jesus? So I did. And it was great. That was a couple of years ago. I'm like, what do you want me to know now? I wasn't alone. And I'm journaling. Gosh, was I, did I still, did I not believe that right. the comfort of Jesus is an actual, like we can feel that? And I'm like, no, no, I believe that. And um, so then I stayed in that memory with him and I'm just following what he wanted, where the Holy Spirit wanted me to go. Well, it got to the point in the memory that my dad, somehow or another, he remembered, I can't even remember, but I ended up being in the truck. He ended up coming. He shows up. He shows up. I don't know how many hours, but I remember being strong. I remember handling it. I didn't fold like a cheap suit. I wasn't crying in the in the airport. And I just remember the hustle and bustle of an airport. And there I am by myself. And I felt like, okay, how are we going to problem solve this? What, and this is so true to how I am today. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, 
this is a reality. How am I going to respond? I have the ability to respond. I'm not a victim to my circumstances. What am I going to do? And then I remember getting in the truck at curbside and getting in the truck. And then this is where he took me, right? So it was another layer of healing. And he said, and what were you thinking when you got in the truck? Well, like what happened between you and your dad? Again, I don't even know if this is full truth because we hold on to memories and a skewed perspective. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It matters that I'm remembering in this way. Right. Doesn't matter. Don't evaluate. Don't judge. Don't compare. And so I said, well, I think I just remember my dad kind of had a, a logical excuse. He had to work. He forgot, you know, kind of ADD runs in the fam. So mm-hmm. he's like, ah. and I just remember not expressing myself. And so I talked with God about how I responded to what was a difficult, very difficult experience in an already difficult relationship. And he goes, I don't think he's ever done this with me before. I don't think. And he said, where, where is Satan in this situation? What was, what was Satan's voice? What was your opposing team's voice who's against you, who's here to kill, steal, and destroy? Mm-hmm. What did he say to you at this time? And I said, well, I remember saying, I know my place. And I hear my dad. I'm going to honor my dad. He didn't, like, I honored him more than my feelings, more than how I felt about it. I shut down my feelings. I shut down my emotion. And I think I just, at that point, stood in agreement with, I got this. I I got this picture. Between a father and a daughter, I got it. I don't need a dad. I don't need to depend on one. He's not dependable. I'm not going to put him in a spot that he's not able to. You can't give what you don't have. He's doing the best he can. And I just honored and was grateful to be with him. And it ended up being a great vacation. Mm -hmm. But I remember in that moment, your voice doesn't matter. Your perspective doesn't matter. Your thoughts and feelings don't matter. Shut it down. And, and Satan just helped me build a self-protective wall. You got this. Mm. You're in this on your own. I'm not alone. I've got Jesus right here. But when it comes to people or humans in general, like, dude, I can't expect anything from anybody and not a father-daughter relationship. So I'm good. I'm good right. on my own. I can be strong. And, my, and it's like all came full circle. It was like, oh, at... 20 years old, I built up this self-protective, I don't need anybody. And that's not revelation to me. But what's revelation to me is when I pulled all the pieces together and I thought, oh, so actually, I didn't hear this. This is what, I didn't say this. What God said to me is, what would you have, I want you to express yourself now. What would you have said Mm -hmm. then? So I journaled out, my dad held space for me to let me have a voice and articulate that I was scared and that I was frustrated and that I'm disappointed in him and I should be able to count on him. If I, So I just processed it out. It's kind of like the piece of paper. I just got it all out. Mm-hmm. I never had been able, I don't even know if I ever have been able to articulate what it was like mm. to be, well, no, I did. I did. That's why I, I don't, I did. I told him 15 years ago. And when I expressed myself, I never saw him again. Mm. So then we go back to that earlier memory, you know, which in that situation would have been probably 15 years earlier or something. No, more than that. Mm -hmm. And then God said, what would you have wanted your dad to say? Mm. Like, look at all that Father God is like, I want you to express yourself now. Even though you didn't get to do it then, it makes a difference to your being now. 
So then he even took it a step further and it was like perfect love spoke this. So I got to hear what I would have wanted my dad mm-hmm. to say. Not a bunch of excuses, but I just stood there and I'm, I'm journaling, stood in the tension longer and I'm just journaling out what I felt like a healthy dad would have said. Yeah. He would have said, I am so sorry. How did you feel? Are you okay? Do you want to share anything with me? And like, just give me space, apologize, take responsibility, don't have a bunch of excuses and make it about me, your daughter being Mm -hmm. in an airport by herself for X amount of hours and um, give her a space to be able to articulate like how she was thinking and feeling and anything you need to say to me, don't worry, I can handle it. And then God just, after we processed that, God was just like, Father God, just put his fist on the table. It was like serious slamming. And he goes, you, from this point forward, we're breaking the agreement that you, because we're all children of God. So this is about me getting triggered at 48 years old. But he brought a healing. We healed that past memory to be able to reconcile the two. And Father God said, you at that point had no expectation where you could have had expectation. It There's nothing wrong with you as a child, as a dependent to the father. It wasn't like I was an adult woman at that mm-hmm. time. It's appropriate that to have healthy expectations and you had an appropriate expectation that he would have been there at the mm-hmm. airport to pick you up. And you stood in agreement from that point forward expectations over people are always, I mean, it was a blanketed, don't have expectations over anybody. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. There are people in our lives, our spouses, I can have an expectation that Ryan's going to love me. Mm -hmm. I can expect that from my spouse. I can expect that my best friends are going to blank, blank, blank. I can expect that. Now there's healthy expectations and there's unhealthy. But what he showed me is, Tara, you're like so far on the other end of the spectrum that you have had no expectation over anybody and that was more self-protection so it was just such this awesome breakthrough and he's like you can expect now you are always Tara and Laura you're a child of God doesn't matter how mature and how what your age is you in the kingdom of heaven are always my child and you can always expect always expect I'm going to be there I'm going to comfort you I'm going to I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to heal you. If you always just come to me, I promise you're going to you're going to always always expect that I'm there. It was so personally beautiful. Now listeners, I don't know, you could listen to this and go, "Eh, okay." But for me and my journey and my healing and what I needed to experience, that was mind-blowing, heart-transformative. Do you see how that got to a... That was my aha moment. Yeah. I knew I had reached that point. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, boom. And then the weekend, I got put to the test. Okay, now let's test it. It was a very long weekend. And then here I am early in the week, man, one week later, and I have this renewed, like... the blind spot's been removed, mm-hmm. reconciliation with Father God and dependency and Ugh. expecting him. He gave me permission to have expectations for him. That's so good. <sighs> the part that makes me sad about that story is like little Tara, 20-year-old Tara, getting in the car, probably wanting to express her disappointment, but swallowing it because yeah. 
I was just happy to. You were just, you're like, well, this is the time I got. So. Exactly. So I guess I'll make the most of it and I'm going to bring it up and I'm just going to swallow it. And, and then you did make the best of it because you did end up having mm-hmm. these great memories with your dad. But that just. I do that, that like a champ. makes me really sad that you had to just like swallow that. And, and I realized, so do you remember the Wheel of Fear? Do you remember the Wheel of Fear a couple of weeks ago where go go share a need? Do you remember the oh, Lord's yeah, like, go yeah, share a need? Yeah. That's what it's connected to. Oh. So much in the Bible is ask and you shall yeah. receive. But you're like, I have. I'm not going to ask. Because I don't have any expectations. <laughs> uh-uh. Who am I to be? Who am I to be asking? Who am I to be sharing my needs? Who am I? Do you see? It's yeah, all it's attached. All connected. It always is connected. So this silly little, it is, it's not silly. But when we're healed, we can look back and go, oh boy, that wasn't even that big of a deal. But God uses mm-hmm. other people's pain, like for good. Like I got to use what was a, okay, I'm not even call it silly. It wasn't silly. It was a real pain point that he said, if you get into the ER, if you come into the hospital of God and you know that this is like a disproportionate level of a trigger and you bring that to me, I'm going to use it for good. I promise you, listener, I promise you, listener, that if you bring me your pain point, Mm. child, daughter, son, if you bring me that pain point and you don't ignore it and you don't toughen yourself through it, because I'm really, really, really good at that. (laughs) I'm really good at being like, "Mm, whatever. I know you're hurt people, hurt people, or oh, you're working through your own thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, dad, you know, you're a hard worker. You're trying to figure it out. You're not perfect. You're not doing it to me personally. I can, but it's like, no, that is not healthy relational living. That's a boundary. That is a, um, yeah, that's a self-protective barrier. Every single time we have a barrier around us as human in our interactions, a hundred percent of the time, it's a reflection of a barrier we have with any part of the Trinity, Father God, Jesus Christ, the maternal Holy Spirit, every single time. So he's like, if you're triggered by that and you bring that to me and you stay in here until a revelation type of a moment with me, it's going to reconcile like some way, shape or form the humanness of it all, mm-hmm. but it's also going to reconcile the spiritual connectedness. Mm-hmm. It's always connected. Always, always, always. That's why it's such a beautiful thing. We don't want to be afraid of the darkness. Ugh. I could keep talking. So it's so good. Ugh. But I also wanted to bring up because you had scripture that kind of came to you this past week, Psalm 23. Dude, I know it gets even better. You said just kept like so coming. Much. So you just stayed in that and kept reading and reading. Yeah. Um, Yes, it was Psalm 23. So listeners, I hope what you get out of, I don't know of how many episodes this is going to end up having to be, but if you stay in the tension and walk in the darkness long enough and stay in the triggered response long enough, he's going to reveal to you even through scripture and through like, there's just, he just wants to talk to you, wants to comfort, wants to share and heal and to show so much. So Psalm 23 I don't remember how it, because I'm in the book of Acts, but I ended up marinating and just sitting in Psalm 23. It was as if he was reading it to me. He goes, okay, now daughter, now that you have healthy expectations, like you're working on that. There's such a thing as having expectation for people, but there's healthy expectations, healthy type of self-expression, healthy levels of response ability. We have the ability to response and there's healthy levels of that, which lead to healthy strength. Like there's, 
yes, you're strong, but you're strong with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And that was the, ah, so I went from, you know, the greatest, let me just also mention this to listeners, because when it comes to mental health, when we know who we are and whose we are, and we know that God, we belong to God, we belong in the kingdom of God, we can heal in the hospital of God. And he's calling us by name. He identifies us. And for me, uh, mine is, he calls me Rock. He calls me Petra. That's in addition to my name, Tara, which interestingly enough means land anyway. But mm. um, but he's always wanting to, our Father God in a healthy family system is always wanting to identify and speak life and speak truth in, in within us. And so he wants us to have those healthy levels of identification, um, but also like we're within his family system and our belief system. So that's where that I was saying earlier in our mental health journey, um, even in those moments of mental illness, he wants to navigate it with us. He doesn't want us to be strong on our own. Mm -hmm. um, And he wants to heal more and more and more within our belief system. So he used scripture, Psalm 23, to speak it to me. I was reading it as if he was speaking it Mm. to me for a time such as this. And I was reading it again and again. And that's what we're going to take this time. Mm. I just think it's so good. I don't want to dismiss it. And even if this has to be a three-parter. All right. Yeah, you want to read Psalm 23 so the listener can... So this is out of the Passion Translation. I hope that's cool. But it sounds even more like poetry. (gasps) Yeah, that's what I stumbled upon, the passion translation. Yeah, I know. Sometimes like I just love having multiple yeah. versions. I don't know. It's more of a narrative poetic. It adds words like super yeah. It's kind of flowery. Yeah. And- yeah. Like we know it's yeah, it's so good. I'm so glad you just said that because it reminded me that's what I stumbled upon first. And he's like, take note. Yeah, that's take so good. Thank note. you for that. All right. Psalm twenty three, the good shepherd, David's mm. poetic praise to God. So it's already yeah, it's poetry. <laughs> All right. The mm. Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the mm. quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, Mm. for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. Mm. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. (laughs) You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursues me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Oh my gosh. I know. It's just so pretty. Isn't that... What a that wraps up letter. the entire week. Yeah. His scripture is alive and active. The NLT version, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. It's like he showed me past memory and future in like current memory. Tara, I am your shepherd. I have all, like I I took some notes, listeners, so that I could walk you through this. This is what, 
So God was reading it back to me to the point where he's like, read it again until you believe it. Read it again Mm. until you believe it. Read it again. Because when we go, when we go through a healing journey and we empty out and when then we start seeing these blind spots and they're acknowledged, we need to fill it in with truth. We need, we can't just leave it Mm. emptied because then anything fills in. Right. That's just half Half of it. That's half of the journey. Yeah, that's kind of where the spiritual therapy comes after the hospital. Like, okay, now we're going to strengthen you, but in truth, not from your skewed perspective of scarcity and falsehood, which is where I didn't even know I was functioning. The trigger gave me an indication that like, Mm -hmm. "Um, I think you're in falsehood. Let's get back on over here. So God showed me how in that first section, the Lord is my shepherd, I had everything I need. He showed me the lie and the limiting belief about expectations. And he was like, you expect I am your shepherd. I am leading you. And so I just meditated on like being a little sheep, just like what is that like to be completely surrendered, animal-like? Mm-hmm. Like because animals have that privilege of not future tripping. Animals don't future trip. Like they are in the moment, life and death type of survival. I've got this skill set and I'm going to use the skill set and I'm just going to, I'm just going to graze, you know, like how that (laughs) nice, you know? So I just, I just rested in the truth that he is our shepherd in the, that translation. He is our best friend. Like, come on now. Um, and that there is this healthy dependence on, on a person who you are doing life with. And and it's interesting because I can hear as myself as like a, a spiritual influencer and a teacher and a coach. It's like, I've heard myself say, like, you can't have expectations for people because it just leads, there's like um, phrases out there. Like, uh, I forgot where it came from, but uh, expectation leads to disappointment every single time. Mm-hmm. Expectation is just a precursor to... Um, resentment. I can't remember the beginning yeah. of where that came from. Who who first said that? I don't know, but I've definitely heard that. It's before. like said a lot. And someone like me, who's like, I'm on board with that. And he flipped the script. I am your shepherd and I will give you everything you need. Um, and you can count on that. You can expect that from me. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all, this is like, I'm 48 and this is, there's a sense of freedom in, in, and I don't know, comfort in knowing that I'm not in it by myself. And then this is like that abundant mindset where there's those two mindsets. You've got an abundant mindset where there's a connectedness. This is a healthy connectedness, a healthy dependency. And then there's the other worldview that is a scarce, separated worldview. Mm-hmm. And most often, I'm not the only one. If we all stop and pause for a minute, we if we lift our head up from our grazing, we're like, yeah, I feel very separate. I don't even realize it, but if I'm reflective enough, I I do feel that I have a more of a scarcity perspective than this abundant perspective. And the fact that I have everything I need. We've talked about that with economics in the last um, series. Uh, So anyway, he's just like, you're a part of the kingdom of God. You're a child of mine. And it just felt so good to just repeat that first phrase back. I love when it went on to, um, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. 
that he was saying, do you see how you stayed in it with me until you were resting and at peace and then stay in the tension. Um, I will lead you to green meadows. I will lead you to peace. And I didn't have peace yet. That's why I stood mm-hmm. it. Cause I knew if I stayed with a good yeah. shepherd, he will eventually lead me back to peace, which is where I've been. This feels so good. And then of course it goes on to, he renews my strength. Mm-hmm. It's not in my, we don't self-protect. We don't have, that's a lie. That's a false sense of identity yeah. that we have to have our own strength within and muster it within ourselves. No, that's a separated worldview in the connected, healthy perspective. He will renew our strength. He guides us along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. He cares about his name. He takes care of his reputation. He's Mm -hmm. like, listen, you are in my family and I will care for you because those are my promises. And so he showed me um, where I was skewed with my strength. I've already talked about that. Um, and I just love it. He guides us. He guides us in the right direction. And he'll always do it knowing he's not going to falter. He's not going to make himself look bad. Mm-hmm. He's going to take care of him, his name and his kingdom. And me as a little sheep, it was so great. Mm-hmm. And it's not for me to do in my own strength. Just surrendering to him, resting, leading, letting him just following peace. I was following him until we got to that peace. And that came because I was pouring out and I was confessing and I was just leaning and resting in him, not in my own understanding. Um, I love the next part, the dark valley moments. Hello, that's what mm. I was in. And he he just, you guys, this was so this was so refreshing. It was like I was living through Psalms, Psalm 23 throughout the week. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. And that's where that courage comes in. Stay in it. Let him walk us through it. He's walking us through it. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. That just, again, I was able to get the fact that I don't have to be afraid but it doesn't mean that I don't go into the darkness. It means I have courage and I'm with him. His rod protects us so I don't have to be in self-protection. And the staff comforts um, and he. I don't have to even self-promote. I don't have to do things on my own. He will comfort me. And I don't want the patterns of the world protecting or comforting me. That's mm-hmm. where we can numb out and jump out, yeah. of, jump out of the pain like too early. Yeah. There's always something beautiful. And then the next section, oh my gosh, I loved this. You prepare a feast for me mm-hmm. in the presence of my enemies. And this is where he said, Tara, read that again and again and again until you can see it. You prepare a feast for me. My shepherd, our kingdom, our hospital, our God has already done it. He's already prepared it. It's already done. We just have to step into it. Mm. And we can expect it. We can expect that there's a feast, not just something small. No, a feast. It's already taken care of. Every need, every want, I can expect it. This section is what really, really got me, that I can expect that it is already done. It's prepared no matter the presence of my enemies, no matter the kill, steal, destroy, no matter to death from all of it Mm. in the midst, it is prepared. And then the section that says, and I can't see the verses, what I'm reading. So 
you welcome me. It's already done. It's already done. I am his guest. I am a guest. Where did it say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It continued on. You're, you welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. And I just journaled that. Like, what do you want me to know about? It's prepared. You welcome me. And I'm a guest. There's nothing more important than someone who deals with everything in her own strength and self-protection. Mm. Hey, you're a guest. So you don't walk into someone's house as a, as a true guest where everything is prepared and start getting to work and start, you know, um, going in the fridge and starting making things like, no, you just walk in and it's done. Mm. Like that was such a gift for me. I go back to that little girl and I think everything is taken care of. I just am resting in my father's understanding as a good shepherd that I everything is taken care of. No matter the past experiences and what humans have shown me. Right. In the kingdom of God as a child of God, no matter my age up to my, you know, 100th year birth, 100th birth year, um, I am a guest. It's taken care of. Mm -hmm. Everything is provided. And the anointing just says that God has chosen me. He's invited me. He set me apart for something special as he has with you. We just have to step into it. Everlasting hospitality. Mm. I don't often think of it like that because I'm on go mode. Right. And unbeknownst to me, self-protection mode. Um, so yeah, my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and un failing love, your goodness and your unfailing love. Look at the language, will pursue me. Mm. It's about, it's coming towards me. It's done. It's prepared. All we need to do is step into the right. truth. How easy is that? It's already running after you. You just got to turn around and like yeah. open your arms. Yeah. Receive the truth yeah. of what's being done. And it's overflowing. It's kind of like that money machine we joked around about, you know, a couple episodes <laughs> again. Like, you don't even have to work hard. No. It's just flowing out and flowing out, and you just receive it. Mm. Yep. And pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah. He just spoke it again and again. That's what I do with my clients. Say that again. Say that truth again. Mm. Say your true identity again. Yeah. Say it again. And he just, he's like, read it again, Tara. I, as your father, like sitting in that truck. I'm your father, God. I'm speaking to you. I'm telling you I'm your good shepherd. You can expect good from me. Um, and you can just receive. Like, it just was this beautiful present moment healing through the word of Psalm 23 and also being little Tara shook and receiving from my heavenly father mm. and it made me so grateful for the pain like i'm so grateful i went through what i went through last week the 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 high that i am on like i that feel drunk in the holy testimony, spirit like to be able to say okay yeah it was worth it mm. it really it was, was worth it it really was so thank you for walking through that with me thank you and for sharing it with me with the listeners i mean i think we all benefit when we get to witness the way that God works. And He's so good. I appreciate so you sharing that with us. His unfailing love never ends. Mm. Loving kindness. Oh, I love it. Let's, All right. Let's conquer some more fears. Let's uh, let's bring another dark moment into our <laughs> lap. Let's invite it in. Let's invite it right on in. <laughs> uh, via the wheel of fear. So let's throw it over to Jamie and Donna Winship. Hey, Donna, do you know what time it is? Sure, I know what time it is. 
It's time for The, the Wheel, Wheel of Fear. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for doing that. <laughs> Tara and I appreciate the windship so much. Yes. All right. Are you ready to Rochambeau? Oh my gosh. Tara's just... new <laughs> vocabulary word. Listener, am I the only one that didn't know. know? All right. You ready? Here we go. Yeah. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, oh, you won. Crushed you. Look I at win. you, rock. All right. Good. Trusted rock. Ooh, I had, I lost two weeks in a row. I know. What is that like? <laughs> All right. Okay. So the D, so the framework of this slice, I think you have a couple of these too, um, is like say yes, like make okay. the decision, don't yeah. overthink it. Uh-huh. So listener, is there anything that you feel like you overthink about things like I do? And sometimes it's the procrastination or we have to put it on the wheel of fear and just say yes to this. Mm-hmm. So the general is say yes, don't overthink it. So we can all press into that this week. For sure. But this one in particular, I actually put some more specific language. And that is, yes, host my niece's wedding shower. Dang. And it's it's a medium size. It's not huge. But I wanted to step up. I wanted to say yes when all logic said, are you cray cray? Mm-hmm. Like there's no time. You don't like, you're not good at hospitality when it comes to the cooking end of things. I'm all about opening my house right. to people. You really are. I'm all about fun and all about like, like, hey, come as you are and let's just chill. Um, and so is this family. And so is my niece. We get along very well. Anyway, so I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'll report out next okay. week how it went, like just more details. But for right now, I'm saying yes, and I'm not going to overthink the details. I'm actually going to do that piece of paper approach. Okay. And just here, here's all the future trip and details of saying yes to hosting a shower. Now fold it, fold it, fold it, fold it, and one detail at a time. Good for you. Feels good. Feels super liberating. All right. Like that's so good because I'm with you as far as like the cooking for large amounts of people that stresses me out, and that oftentimes will prevent me from saying yes to hosting. Totally. I'm Um, all about store bought. Right. Bring on the Kroger bags. All right. Bring on, you know, a catering service. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's All right. great. I'll okay. report out details next week. Sounds Listeners. Good. Thanks for being with us. And again, Tara, thanks for flipping the script for us Come and on. sharing, you know, the glory side of Listen, that struggle. I just love that God flipped the script for me. I just stayed in the tension. It was so good. Thank you, so listeners, good. for being All part right. of it with us. And we'll see you next week. All right. Well. Be back next week. We are so glad you listened to this episode of the Abundantly Me podcast, where we flip the script on fear and exchange it for perfect love and truth. Want to stay in touch? Please consider subscribing. And if you would like to continue the conversation from an episode, go to AbundantlyMe.org to access our podcast group. And remember, when it comes down to it, the greatest way not to allow fear to be a liar, a limiter, or a liability is to first be loved by God. Then we can show up in life motivated by truth and love that sets us free. And we would love a virtual hug by sharing, liking, and leaving a review, which also allows others to learn about this free service.